Hey, what's up? Glad y'all made it tonight. All right, here's what I need you to do. This is awkward and no one likes to do it. And everyone's like, I freaking hate it when you do this. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to grab your chair and I need you to move up like three feet. Yeah, like uh, you can complain about it. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Just move up. Except for y'all. Except for y'all. Y'all are doing what's right. Y'all are obviously the only really Jesus followers here. You're in the splash zone, man. That's what's that. Hey, glad you made it. Seriously glad you are here. My name is Caleb. I am the student pastor um, here. If you are new and you don't know who I am, and I am just super thankful you came to hang out. Two things I need to tell you. Um, One, on Tuesday morning, every other Tuesday morning, We always forget to announce, but every other Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock, right, we have middle school, nope, sorry, we have homeschool hangout. So Tuesday morning, 11 o'clock, where all you other scrubs are in school, homeschool hangout, we hang out upstairs in the youth room um, and really just chill, play some games, do whatever we want to do because we're homeschool, right? And so homeschool hangout, if you have friends or you are in homeschool, and or you are homeschooled and you want to come hang out Tuesday at 11 o'clock in the youth room. So be here for that cool thing. Secondly is we talked about um, the high school retreat. It's, it's called The Gathering. Um, it is this February 1st through the 3rd. So I just really encourage you, hey, if you're like on the fence about it, just do it. Like just come. It is going to be a really neat weekend. We've got some cool things in store. Also, we're going to Adventure Park that Saturday as a group together, so it's going to be pretty fun. So just be a part of that. You can register for that online. But here's what I need you to do. Do it sooner than later, all right? So register sooner rather than later. Cutoff date is coming up, so just be about that. Cool? All right, so we're talking about friendship. Here's what you need to know. This is a new series, Friendology. We're looking at the science of friendship, and we're going to speak about it for the next four weeks. So this week, three more weeks, we're going to talk about what it takes, um, one, to be a good friend, uh, to pick good friends, to put right expectations on your friends, and how to lose a friend well, right? Like how to get rid of one that maybe maybe you don't need in your life, all right? So that's the next four weeks, so just be a part of that. What we can all agree on is that we need friends, is that friends are absolutely a good thing. There you go, there you go. Absolutely a good thing. Some of you in here, you're like, man, I definitely need a friend. The way we're gonna define friendship, the way we're gonna define friendship, so you're on the same page over this series, is this way. This is how we're gonna define friendship. Pull that up for me. Friendship, when you consider another person's well-being as to be as valuable as your own or more valuable than your own. When another person's well-being is more valuable than your own, I'm going to need you just to real quick turn to your friend and tell them, hey, your well-being is just as valuable as mine. Go ahead, tell them. Cool. Great. (laughs) If the person next to you did not tell you that, then you tell them you will see them on week four when you need to cut them out of your life, okay? Yeah, there it is. We got real. Hey, so real quick, what you need to know about friendship, though, is it's a real thing. We're not just... We're not just talking about it because we recognize that you struggle with it, which we do. 
we sit in the back, we, we like, our team gathers and we say, man, what is it that, that the students that we get to spend time with and minister to and love on and be friends with and hang out with are really struggling with? And the thing that came to our minds, our hearts was friendship. That friendship is one of the uh, hardest things, yet it's one of the most crucial things in high school. That it can make or break your day. It can make or break your year. It can make or break your life based on how your friendships are going. Like some of you know that to be true. Like personally, some of you have seen it play out. But we all know, man, that friends are a good thing, but they're hard to have and they're hard to keep. In fact, science actually says, I looked up some statistics, science actually proves, research actually has proven that people with, listen to this, with a wide range of friends have less tension, they suffer from less stress, have strong defenses, have a stronger defense, and live longer. A wide range. So that doesn't mean like me and my boo, like we're best friends together and we only hang out with each other. No, that's a, a small range, a wide range of friends. It says, man, you actually will be less stressed with a wider range of friends. Look at this. It goes on. I got a couple more. That friends encourage not only good friends, mind you, good habits. They chase away depression. They help you overcome disease. They cause satisfaction, pleasure, and happiness. That your good friends actually help you to be happier. And... Studies have shown that 50%, there's a 50% increase in odds of surviving life if you have a solid friend group. Like it just said, in survival. 50% increase in your chances of survival. The person next to you that is considered your friend, that you consider a friend, actually is helping you survive by at least 50%. That's amazing. That's pretty legit. Yes, you should thank them regularly. <clears throat> that friendship is important. Shh, real quick. Friendship is important. That it has a huge factor in your life. That, it, that it's weighed out in your life. But what we're going to talk about tonight is that it's not just important, but that it may be there for a purpose outside of that. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to kind of keep going. God, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for these students and all <coughs> that you're doing in this place. Lord, I thank you for giving us friends, for people that you've wrapped around us that are encouraging us um, to follow you, Lord, and to love you and to trust you. God, they're speaking words of wisdom into our hearts and to our lives. Lord, we thank you for those good friends. God, I ask that you'd give us focus tonight, that you would help me to speak clearly and concisely, Lord, that I would speak only um, what you would have uh, fitting for tonight. God, that you would give uh, my friends here focus and understanding of your word, that you would change us, that you would grow us, that you would send us out um, with a mission and a purpose tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me tell you, when I was in sixth grade, some of you may, I can't remember who I've told the story to, but some of you may have heard this. When I was in sixth grade is when I got in my first serious trouble. Like, I started early, okay? Sixth grade, I was, I was going hard, all right? And me and my buddy Jeff <coughs> were hanging out. My parents were doing something, whatever. And Jeff, by the way, if you stay around here long enough and I begin to name drop, you're going to hear Jeff a lot. That kid got me in more trouble than I can, like, count, okay? And so me and Jeff, sixth grade, really our first time hanging out, um, we decided that there's this giant thing of mud 
And I remember I took a mud clot and I threw it over the fence. Well, on the other side of this fence is a house and a, and a Mustang. Um, and it hits it. And I hear, doom. And I was like, oh, that sounded kind of cool. I look over and I was like, oh, and it's stuck. That's amazing. Okay. And so I was like, Jeff, let's just throw some mud clots. And so we are chunking these giant mud balls over this fence. Doom, 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 doom. And, and we're just like having the time of our life. We keep looking over. It's the coolest thing. His house is covered, right? It is sixth graders. We're like, that's awesome. My friend Ryan shows up. <clears throat> he was a little late to the party. And he's like, hey, what y'all doing? We're like, well, we're throwing mud clots, but we're done now. Like, we, I just had a, a feeling in my gut. This is, we don't need to throw anymore. I think we're good. Well, Ryan said, man, no, I want to throw one more. Let me throw one more. Jeff is like, yeah, throw one more. And I'm like, no, I don't feel right about this. As soon as he throws that mud clot, it hits the house. And you hear a man's voice. I'll never forget how it sounded. He said, what the beep? And as a sixth grade Christian boy, I said, uh-oh, that was a bad word, right? We take off running, <clears throat> end up in where my parents were, but the guy at Pizza Hut was like smoking a cigarette outside. He saw us running, and this man came in hot. And he was like, where are those boys? He said, I think they went right in there. I would still punch that guy in the face today, okay? He comes in, my hands are in my pocket. And he says, who was throwing the mud? And I was like, not us, you know, right? And he, and he says, let me see your hands. And I'm like, what? We pull our hands out and they're coated in mud. At that point, I realized when I get scared, um, like really scared, my kneecaps shake. Okay, it's a weird thing, all right? I don't, does anyone else happen? Does that happen to anyone else? You get that? Where your kneecaps just start going. Go, 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 go. I don't even know how it happens, but man, they were going off, right? I was like, yep, yep, you're right, boys. Like, this is not a good situation, right? And he's like, what were you doing? I was like, I was digging for frogs because frogs live in mud piles. No, they don't. Dumbest answer. Cops get called, by the way. Um, cops get called, we end up going with the lie that we didn't know it was on the other side of the fence. End up having to go to his house on a Saturday, wash his house and his car. First of many. First of many. You want to know why it was the first of many? Because it was also. It was also. And, and I started the throwing, but my buddy Jeff, like, he was one that egged on. It was the first of many because it was the first time that me and Jeff had ever hung out. First time me and Jeff ever hung out, that night. First time I got in serious trouble. I got in a lot of serious trouble after that when I hung out with Jeff. Here's why. Because your friends have a huge influence on you. They have a huge influence on what you're going to do. They have a huge influence on what you say, on what you wear, on how you walk, on how you treat other people. I yelled at a girl one time because there was another girl I liked and I thought it would impress her. That was the dumbest thing ever, right? Your friends have a huge impact on you. Whether you like it or not, but here is the reverse side of it. Is that you have a huge influence on your friends. Like, I don't know if you realize that. I never saw it that way. What I saw was my friends influenced me a lot. 
but I never actually looked through their eyes about me. That if they're influencing you a lot, you can guarantee that you are also have a significant influence and impact on their life. <clears throat> and it's in your influence on their life that everything can change in their life. I want you to hear that. It's your influence in their life that can cause everything to change for them. It's your influence in their life that could cause everything to change. So often, their influences change things for us, sometimes for good and sometimes for bad. But your influence in their life could change everything. And for, in Philippians is where we're going to be. Paul is writing to this church, and, and this church is like having some rough times that they meet together like us, they worship together like us, but some people had gotten on stage right where I am and began to preach something other than Jesus. And so the people in the congregation were being influenced differently, and they were beginning to disagree, they were beginning to fight, relationships were beginning to break up. And so Paul, <coughs> in an effort to restore relationships, he writes to me, he says, hey, what you need to understand is here is how you need to use the influence in your relationship with one another. <clears throat> Here's how this should go. And this is how he writes it. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourself. What do you need to understand about humility? Some of you see humility and it means to, oh, I need to think poorly of myself. I need to think lowly of myself. No, to be humble does not mean that you think poorly of yourself. To be humble means that you don't think of yourself at all. That you just think of others. And so he says, <clears throat> uh, do not do anything out of selfish ambition, but without thinking of anyone else, consider others, uh, with, without thinking of you, consider others as more important. He says, man, it's not thinking lowly. It's just not thinking of yourself at all. It's, it's just considering other people. <coughs> See, often we maintain a friendship because of what it benefits us. How can this person benefit me? And as soon as they're rude, as soon as they're mean, we ditch them. <clears throat> we get rid of them. We lose them. And Paul's saying, no, 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 that's not the friend you're called to be. No, the friend you're called to be is someone who is humble, who does nothing out of selfishness. He goes on and he expands in verse 4. He says, everyone should look not only for his own interest, but also to the interest of others. See, naturally, we're going to look to our own interests, but he says, no, no, you should also look to the interest of those around you. And then he takes it one step further. <clears throat> and for some of you that don't know Jesus, this is just a cool intro into who Jesus is. He says, no, here's what I'm, I'm going to really ask you to do in your relationships. I'm going to ask you to adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. He says, who Jesus, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited or something to be grasp or, or something to be held or something to be achieved. <clears throat> Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself. Again, not thinking of himself lowly, but just not thinking of himself at all. 
by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He says, man, be like Jesus, who didn't consider some royalty or some priesthood or some king role. Instead, he says, man, no, he took on a servant, a servant to the point of dying for us so that we would not have to die. He says, you want to restore influence, you want to use your influence well, it says, then be like Jesus. Adopt that attitude. Yet if you think about it, I would challenge you to consider what attitude are you truly adopting in your friendships and in your relationships? See, often what you understand is your relationships don't work out and 50% of the problem for the reason they don't work out is you. 50% is them, I get it. But then a lot of times, 50% is you and the way you respond and the way you react and the way you don't show grace. That, that absolutely relationships would be restored a lot quick, quicker and, and, and relationships would last a lot longer if we maintain this attitude. <clears throat> so your friends, they, they hold the deepest, darkest secrets of you. They, they know things about you that maybe no one else knows. They're the people you run to when your parents, uh, when you're fighting with them and things aren't working out there. They're the ones you run to about relationships and in relational advice. They're the ones that you truly depend on. There's not like just a, a light amount of influence. There's a significant amount of influence there that you have with your friends. That there is a significant opportunity there for you to begin to create an avenue that everything will change for them. And he says, man, to be a good friend then is to examine the life of Jesus, to replicate the life of Jesus, who did not come to, to be served, but to serve. And that's how our relationships are strengthened when we decide to serve. He goes on, though, and this is the coolest part. This is the part I, I really just wanted to jump to at the very beginning. <clears throat> See, it's the influence that we hold in the lives of others that becomes the avenue for Jesus to change everything in their life if we are people who are walking with Jesus and replicating Jesus. I need you to understand that, that that you have been given a purpose we're going to read, that you have been given an opportunity and an avenue, Jesus says, you are my avenue that I want to use to change everything in someone else's life. That you are purposed and you are valued. Some of you don't understand that. You don't know that. You're like, I don't know what God wants for me. I don't know what he has for me. And instead, you're blind to seeing that you are walking in the midst of a mission field right now. This is what Paul says. He says, for it is God who is working in you to both will and to work according to his good purpose. So he says, do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine like stars in this world by holding firm to the word of life. See, it's in your relationship with others that Jesus uses as the avenue to change everything. 
See, some of you don't realize that the people around you aren't by happenstance. They didn't just happen. You moved and these friends just came upon you and it was great. No, Jesus has put these friends around you that you may be a light, like a shining star in the darkness in the midst of their life because Jesus is working through your influence to change everything about their life. To bring hope and to bring joy and to bring peace. He says, man, your friends aren't just there for your benefit, but you've been given a purpose. Some of you, you felt purposeless. And he says, no, no, I've given you friends for a great purpose. I've given you relationships that you would have influence in for a big reason. And some of you, this should hit you hard because you know that you're a leader. You know that people follow you. You know that people are influenced by you and yet you've chosen to then run in whatever direction glorifies you most. And I would challenge you to look at your purpose, to look at what Jesus could do through you that would be so much more beneficial if people were glorifying his name than your name. That Jesus will use you as the avenue to change everything in the life of someone else. So here's three things I want you to do as we um, kind of wrap up tonight. As we close, there's just three things I want you to think about. And the first is this, is do you know Jesus? Do you personally, have you come to a point in your life where you can pinpoint and say, man, this is the moment where I gave my life to Jesus, where I said, man, it is not mine, but it is your will be done in my life. May your plans be done. I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna walk with you and I'm gonna follow you. Like, have you come to that place? Because here it is, that your stability increases when you recognize your value. That the people around you, the microphone that they have into your life becomes a lot smaller and a lot quieter when you recognize that your value no longer comes from them. But your value comes from the one who says, I made you perfect and I love you and I purposed you and I have a plan for you and I've died for you and I've risen again to give you new life. When you recognize that your life is in Jesus, your stability increases because you recognize your value in him and not this world. So do you know Jesus? Have you come to a place where you have placed your faith in him? And if not, if not, then tonight, there's no better night. Come to a place before God where you trust him with your life, recognizing you were sinful and he died for that sin, that in the eyes of God, you have been made clean, you have been made pure, that you are forgiven and that you now have Life eternally with the Father. When this one's gone, when this one's done, you have eternity with the Father. Second thing is this, that you would begin to see your relationships through the lens of purpose. That that it's not just about you and gratification. Yes, good friends are good and, and those things are great, 
but that you would begin to look at it as an opportunity to be a light in the darkness of some other people's lives. You have some friends that are going through things that are unimaginable. You have some friends that are dealing with things that are heartbreaking and, and, and potentially life-ending. That you have some friends that are going through some tough times and you have an opportunity to be a shining star in the darkness of their life. You'd begin to look at your relationships with purpose. And then lastly is this, and equally as important to the first one. No, it's not. That's close. Who around you needs a good friend? That you'd begin to open your eyes. And you'd begin to consider, man, who around me? Who around me needs a good friend? Who is it at the lunch room that, that sits by themselves in, in my third period of class that and I know they're struggling in my neighborhood, at the gym, on my team. Yeah, I get it, they're annoying. I get it, they smell weird. I get it, they talk about funky things. Like, I get it. It doesn't mean they don't need a good friend. It doesn't mean that God didn't put them in your life for a purpose. Are you going to recognize that and be obedient to that? Are you going to ignore that? So I just encourage you, who in your life needs a good friend? May we walk out of here recognizing God put these people around us for a purpose that we may then be the avenue that Jesus uses to change everything in their life.